The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Well, I don't know why this team wants to try to kill us all, but they're going to try to. But at least they found a way to win this game tonight. Uh, I don't know how you all reacted to that last shot going in uh, for Zeb Jackson. I nearly coughed up a lung in joy, so I'm almost doing this. I thought I was going to be doing this with one lung at this point. (coughs) Welcome to Rams Rewind. If you like what you hear tonight and you want to help us out, shoot us some dinero. There's a a link to the PayPal in the description on Podbean and your other platforms, podcast platforms. How in God's name did we win this game tonight? I I don't even know because for 30 minutes, VCU could not have played worse. We had we our frontline guys, except for Brandon Johns, one of them got a severe injury, and I doubt he's going to play again this year. We'll talk more about that later. Our our ace Baldwin, who had the 37 point game that 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 got everyone's attention in the whole country has now played two of the worst games he's ever played since, and tonight played the worst game he's ever played. By far. I don't like this Ace Baldwin. There are other versions of Ace Baldwin that I want back, like the one from his freshman year. And I know that's apples to oranges because he had two draft picks on that roster, but I'm going to get into that. Um, uh, well, you know, it's interesting. Dan Gaitanis says, my reaction was very little joy, but just look like, oh, good. Well, LOL, same with the guys. They just look relieved, and they should have been. They needed a buzzer beater to knock off an 8-16 team. I reacted with pure joy. I jumped out of off the couch. I screamed and hollered. <coughs> I nearly coughed up a lung because I got COVID. And, you know, I still feel fabulous. Somebody texted me right before that shot with him. How are you feeling? I said, VCU just wanted the buzzer. I feel fabulous. And yes, Kathy Richardson, you're absolutely right. We didn't deserve it, but we'll take it. Yes, we will. Um, But our frontline guys tonight were a disaster. Not Deloach's fault. He gets a terrible injury. And Carlos Diaz, who's one of our, our members here in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. And... If you're not a member of the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, join us because the game threads are wild, especially on a night like this, plus other features. We'll get into that later. <coughs> Excuse me. But anyway, you know, he was there and had live pictures. That, you know, we don't, it's, it, you don't want to ever speculate on injuries, but from what Carlos Diaz who was there and who had pictures right there, he was right behind the basket where it happened. It looked to me. It looks to me like some kind of a meniscus injury, and it's bad. And I don't think we're going to see Jalen Deloach again until 
season 2023-2024. I know that's that's taking the most pessimistic view, but I think with injuries you have to do that. Um, yes, Rhode Island has beaten some good teams, but that's that's the whole point. That's the whole point. We had eight days to get ready for this team. And I appreciate that, Dan Gaitanis. The worst of it was Sunday and Monday night. The COVID positive came as a surprise to me because it's felt like every other cold bug I've had the last three years. But yes, you're absolutely right. Daniel Carter, they've grown he's beaten some good teams at home. And they've and they've had and it's been against the lesser teams that they struggled. But VCU had eight days to get ready for this. And they knew the how tough Roadie was up there. And they were fundamentally unserious, fundamentally unprepared, and on offense looked clueless for 30 minutes. Defensively, the energy was always there. Defensively, they were committed. And that was good because they were really bad in the first half. And they could have gotten buried and they didn't. I mean, that first half, good, great, gracious sakes alive. You know, they had 24 points. They were 31.8%. They were pie, 7-22. And, of course, 9 from 15 from the foul line. And they didn't pay the price for not making their foul shots yet again, 14-23. Gee, many Christmas. Everybody except Ace Baldwin was an offender in that regard tonight. And Josh Banks. But let's, let's three cheers, not just for Brandon Johns, who was the only frontline player that showed up tonight. Three cheers for the guys down the roster. Nick frickin' Kern. Why does Nick Kern start? Because doggone it, they that kid is going to give you juice, energy from the get-go. Nick Kern tonight, 19 minutes, 4 for 4, 9 points, 3 rebounds. <clears throat> had, some, had, a nice, had a nice block too. Love you, Nick Kern. Jameer Watkins did some frustrating things tonight, but he took a charge. He had a he had a, he got to the foul line a couple times. He had a couple of nice baskets. He took that late three, and I wanted to strangle him. But Jameer Watkins came up big. Toby Lawall had a dunk, which kind of started. That's what started the big run. This team couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, and then I think made eight shots in a row or nine shots in a row. That started with Toby Lawall's dunk. Great to see Josh Banks back in there. It was about damn time we saw Josh Banks. He got to the foul line tonight. He had a couple nice baskets, some rebounds. And Zeb Jackson, who of course hits the game winner. That's all everybody's going to talk about. Zeb Jackson converts the alley-oop from Ace Baldwin. One of the few good plays Ace Baldwin made tonight. Ace Baldwin had four assists. I'm actually amazed he had four assists because I can only remember the two. One of them right early in the game to Johns, and then that one. But Zeb Jackson, this team ran better with him in there. When they when they got rolling, making those shots, Ace was off the floor and Zeb was on the floor. And and I said it, I would have not played Ace the last five minutes of the game. Ace was minus four in 34 minutes, and honestly, I was surprised that that's low. Zeb Jackson was plus five. And the only person who had a better plus-minus than Zeb Jackson tonight was Josh Banks, who was plus-nine. And Jonathan Barty, what you said was true. It is hard to win on the road. But it goes back to this team had should have been completely and utterly prepared for 
what they were going to face tonight, and they weren't, and that is frustrating. And Corey Parrott, we will be saying a prayer for your brother. Uh, he's in the hospital with a brain bleed, and and I and I, you know what? Rams rewind. VCU good and the bad and the ugly, and all the Rams fans, we are behind your brother. We are praying for him that he'll get through and he'll make it. You got it, Mister. You will be. You, I will make sure you get brought up. I will make sure I I, I send those prayers right up. Um, and and Doug Hines, and that's the point. Is just just the fact that that you know Mike. I mean, they. I listened to Mike Rose's weekly press conference. He talked about how oh we worked on ourselves. We worked on late exit execution. We worked on foul shots and all that other stuff, and it didn't look like it. It didn't look like it from almost minute one. And you couldn't even blame that on Deloach's injury. Before Deloach's injury, it didn't look like it. You know, and they got down 14 points in this game. And I mean, it looked, oh, it looked bleak. Let's see here. Yeah, they were, they was, excuse me, 13 points. 11.44 to go. 44-31, Rhode Island, it looked bleak. And let's let's give this defense some credit. They only got 10 points in the last 11-44. That's pretty amazing. And you know what? I'm thinking they got one field goal in that time, and that's all they got. So I'm going to look at this real quick. I love doing this, looking at the, looking at the play-by-play. So 11-44 to go. Malik Martin makes that three when we when we fall into trap and they kick out, which they were doing all night. 11.44 to go, so he makes that three to put them up 13. And as I look through here, I know you and I got at least one field goal. Yeah, Jalen carries three over Brandon Johns after Brandon Johns got that ridiculous travel. I don't know how Kerry made that shot. And that is their only field goal. They made one Dang field goal, excuse me, in 11 minutes and 44 seconds. And they made a bunch of free throws because uh, that's one thing. If you or I won this game, we've been talking about free throws till hell won't have it because VCU's 14 to 23. <coughs> you or I, <coughs> excuse me, is 17 to 22. And Carlos Diaz, thank you for representing our group. Thanks for thanks for the live intel on the Deloach injury, brother. I don't know how you got through the two hours, but at least you got the payoff at the end. You got the payoff at the end, and yes, Frank Hike, the Michigan guys, the Michigan guys won this game for us. That they, he won this game for us. Oh, oh gosh, Ace, that's the other thing. Ace, Ace got abused on defense too, which you don't expect. And, and and gave away a couple of and ones where he should have just let the guy go. Hi, yeah, 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 What were you thinking? What were you thinking? That's the thing. Ace Ace Baldwin might need to do what Aaron Rodgers and needs to go to like the Fortress of Darkness for a few days and just think about things. Six of twenty-one from the fa- from the field the other day against Dayton. Oh for ten tonight. That's after being twelve of seventeen against St. Louis. Ace. You got to go back to being a point guard and a facilitator. And you know what had me ace playing Saban in the first half? You know what that got me doing? It got me going back to his freshman year. Because I remember at least one game his freshman year, and I thought there was more than one, where ace barely took a shot and totally controlled the game. And I found it. 
VCU with George Washington. VCU wins 84-77, and it wasn't that close, believe me. And I know, and again, I know Ace Bowling had Vince Williams and Bones Highland who eventually got drafted in the NBA on the floor with him. Fine. I don't care. This is Ace Baldwin's line in that game. Two for four from the field, took one three, missed it. Two for three from the foul line, six points, five rebounds, eight assists, two turnovers, four steals. And that Ace Baldwin only took four shots, and he just controlled the game from minute one. And, and was just the master puppeteer, the master chessboard player, moving people around. It was an absolute perfect exhibition of point guard play. I want that Ace Baldwin back. I want that Ace Baldwin of his freshman year that, that piled up the assists and didn't need to score a crap load of points to control the game. Because, yeah, we don't have Bones and we don't have Vince Williams on the floor but we've got players that can score and can come up with the goods when we need them to. They just need a point guard to set them up and run the offense. <clears throat> but whatever, that's one thing. That That's one thing. The Jalen Deloach injury was a killer because especially with the way the fouls were getting piled up against that front line for Rhode Island, Jalen Deloach might have had a double-double in the second half, just in the second half. Because he would have just, he would have eaten it up against Stewart and some of these other dudes. And that's where we missed him. But let's just, let's just, uh, let's just talk about this fantastic era. By the way, VCU ties Rhode Island on the boards both ways. Total 31-31. Offensive rebounds 9-all. 10-5 and second chance points. When you win a game by one point at the buzzer, that makes a big, big difference. Bench points, 23-2. to two. Points in the paint. And this is the big one. Points in the paint. VCU got back in this game from being down 13 by going to the rim. They were getting dunks. They were getting layups. They made all those shots in a row. So when they settled for threes near the end of the game, Shriver and Watkins, I thought it was going to blow my top. Points in the paint. VCU 36, Rhode Island 18. There you go. There you go. Absolutely, absolutely, if this team had just said, just the hell with the three. Go inside. I don't care if they know it's coming. VCU still would have could have won this game a lot easier than what they did. Oh. VCU, by the way, one for 13. They only took six threes in the second half. I wish it had been zero. Honestly, I wish it had been zero. And somebody just put the stat in the video that VCU, yeah, Zach Hines, great stat. Zach Hines, VCU is 11 of 74 from three in their last five games, 14.8% for those at home. Pardon me, I might have to go cough up the other lung after reading that. She many Christmas. All right, and Bruce Stevenson, you just nailed it again, and this is why the coach is frustrating. We love to play down to our competition. Unfortunately, you're absolutely right. And again, we're not the only one that's guilty. Dayton went and lost there. Other teams have gone and lost there. You know, that's that's what happens. And that's been happening all over the A-10 this year. That's how we're 10-3 and three and sitting here in a clear first place. Uh, you know, that's, that's how that happens. Um, 
Now, Doug Hines, you just said knee sprain. Are you saying that's what Jalen Deloach has? Because I'll tell you what, if all that is is a knee sprain, that is the best possible news we could have got tonight if that's the case. Because that injury looked a lot worse, especially from what Carlos Diaz saw there as well. Uh, okay, that's what you say, Doug Hines. I hope you're I hope you're right. If that's what they were saying in the post game, then good. Uh, let's see here. Somebody was asking a good question about what are we okay. Um, Jason Hutto and others have been asking about how do we how do we replace Deloach's production? Well, I'll tell you how we do it. It means Johns has to be featured more. Toby Lawal is going to have to get in there and produce some. Christian Fermin, uh, uh, you know, and, and to me, the other key is Jameer Watkins. Jameer Watkins, it's been up and down for him, and it was up and down in this game for him, but I'll tell you what, Jameer Watkins tonight can give you that production. The one thing I'll criticize Jameer Watkins for, other than that three he took at the end of the game where he shouldn't, was that he went for that dunk and got fouled, and then ended up missing a free throw. And I think if he had gone for the layup instead of the highlight, highlight real dunk, I think he'd have got the basket at A and one, which would have been better. But Jameer Watkins, in terms of the point production, that's the guy. But you have to play Fermin and the wall. And I'll give Rhodes this: at least he went finally back, went into his bench tonight, and it was more like the VCU we're used to. Ten guys played tonight. That's what I prefer to see, because. This play at eight guys, when the eight guys ain't playing worth a damn, I'm over that. I'm over that. You know, you go as far into that bench as you think you can when the team, when the team guys on the corner stinking it up. So I'm looking at for me and Lawal, and it was good to see Lawal get in there. But but in terms of the point part, Jameer freaking Watkins. That's the, that's the person that you can replace it there. And he can help you on rebounds, too, because he's had some good rebounding games today. <clears throat> and by the way, nobody had more than five rebounds that Brandon Johns had, and yet we tied them in rebounds. So everybody pitched in on that. Oh, John Eckert, I love it. He says, I need to take off my Apple Watch watching VCU. I keep getting high heart rate notifications. <laughs> that, that was dad gum all of us tonight. That was dad gum all of us tonight. And, and Carlos Diaz, you hit the nail on the head. If we have the talent we, the boast, we boast about, let's show how deep we are and wear down the other teams. That is it. Of all the things, the one thing about Mike Rhodes I've always liked was that Army approach and that we would just wear you down by wave after wave of VCU players have. He shortened the bench at the end of last year, and I didn't like it. He shortened the bench recently, and I don't like it now. You know, and, and yes, LaWall should get more time, Doug Hines. I absolutely agree with you. Um, and yes, and Daniel Carter, that is a very good point. VCU has taken the color of the ball very well. And in the midst of all this terribleness, they only had 10 turnovers tonight, and Ace Baldwin had four of them. So you take that away, and it's six turnovers, and that's it. You know, again, that VCU should win every time when that happens. Win every time when that happens. And the fact that they needed a buzzer beater to do it is doesn't say much for their performance, but so what? Because I'll tell you what. If VCU wins this regular season championship and we get to put a banner up, or we win the A-10 tournament because we get the right, get the number one seed and get the right road and stuff, I want a picture 
or a painting or some kind of representation of that Zeb Jackson shot prominently displayed in the basketball practice center, the basketball development center, or in the in the in the doggone SID room or wherever. I want that Zeb Jackson picture put up there of him shooting that jumper and it going in. Because I'll tell you what, I that's not the shot I would have loved to see in 4.2 seconds because I've seen teams get all the way to the rim that quick. But Zeb, that showed, Zeb showed the confidence. And God, we, have, we hardly made any jumpers all night. For him to stick that in there the way that night's gone, that is some absolute guts from Zeb, and I absolutely love him for it. And it's taken it. You know, he had to work into it. He had the nice game against Pittsburgh where he and Johns bailed us out on what we thought was a bad loss and it's probably going to turn into a quad one win. We see you by the numbers tomorrow. Don't forget that. And for those of you in podcast land, that'll be Thursday. Oh, uh, well, John Eckert, I'll get to that in a moment. I, I understand your sentiment, but to me, one leads to the other. But that is, you know, he is now, he's got his role in this team. And the fact of the matter is, he is the point guard when Ace is off the floor, but he's also the point guard when Ace isn't playing well. Uh, and that's what he needs. That's what we've got to have him in there for. And I do like the fact that they play Ace and Zeb together because I think that's necessary, especially when, Zeb, when Ace is just as bang terrible as he was tonight. Uh, yeah, well, and that's right, Daniel Carter. They are a good defensive team, Rhode Island, and Fordham will tell, tell the tale. That's all true. That is all true. I can't deny any of that. But, I mean, that's the thing. That was our problem was on the offensive end. We were just, we were lost. We were clueless. We were whatever it was. I, I don't even, I mean, I can't even describe that first half. And again, but the funny thing is, it's like we started attacking the paint. We got hot and they were all close in shots. And it's like, why would you even put up another damn three after that? And yet we put up two or three more could have lost the game. Could have lost the game. But we didn't. So we stay in first. And that means Saturday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. In front of a sellout crowd. I can't believe I'm about to say these dadgum words. One of the biggest games of the season is against Fordham. Because Fordham. Here's a little hashtag around the A-10. For those of you who are part of the VCU Gut and the Bad and the Ugly group. Fordham took doggone St. Bonaventure to the woodshed up in the Bronx tonight. And it wasn't this close. Believe me, Fordham was up 20 for good chunks of this game in the second half. Fordham 78, St. Bonaventure 63. Hello. So this Fordham game is gigantic. And, of course, it was big that Fordham won tonight because, of course, St. Bonaventure wins the tiebreaker against us, so we need them to lose. And they did. Hallelujah. Now it's Fordham, and this is the only time we're playing them, which means the the doggone tiebreaker is up for grabs here. And that means if VCU, wants, if VCU can win this game, it will be a huge step toward winning the regular season title. Now, John Eckert was like, the heck with the regular season title. I want to win the A-10 tournament title. And that is fine sentiment, and I don't disagree with you. But to me, one leads to the other. This tournament could be a tournament of absolute chaos. This has been a conference of absolute chaos. In situations like that, 
you want to be the highest dead gum seed possible because you might just scrape through and scrape through and all the lunacy might happen on the other side of the bracket. And you may be the one seed who wins two games and finds yourself in a final against a seven or a 10 or whatever. And it just all falls in your lap perfectly. So of all the years, and I know there are VCU fans that have a complex about the number one seed. Of all the years to win the regular season title and get the number one seed, it is absolutely imperative that they do it this year. And this is, this, this is what happens. If VCU wins this game, they will be two games ahead of Fordham with the tiebreaker with, I think, four games to go. Let me look at the schedule. Yes, four games to go. They will have just about locked Fordham away, which at that point would lock away about a top two spot because this is what it looks like right now. Fordham is 10 at VCU's 10 and 3 in first. Fordham and Dayton are both 9 and 4, and then Fordham's beat Dayton, so Fordham's got that tiebreaker. St. Louis is 8 and 4. Duquesne is 8 and 5. We still have to worry about Duquesne because, of course, Duquesne beat us. But this Fordham game, holy mackerel. Saturday afternoon, 2.30, sellout. We have got to play better than this because they are absolutely on fire for them. And we have got to make sure we've got to win this game. Come hell or high water, we have to win this game. Now, very likely I will be with you because I am banned quite rightly from my stepdad's place because I'm sick. I'll be relying on a internet stream to watch the game. That's just the way it is. So that could, that could complicate things, hopefully not. In any event, that is my plan is to be with you live, watching the game, have a live video podcast coming out the next day. Now, these two good, the bad, and the ugly, if you're not a member, you should join. Here's why. Not just the game threads, as I said before. Thursday, in, for you in podcast land tomorrow, for those of you watching this video now, VCU by the numbers. Bracket positions, net rankings, quad one win watch. Pittsburgh should be a quad one win by tomorrow if they're not already. Because they were. They were 51 when they beat, uh, they beat the snot out of whoever it was last night at home. So that should put them into the top 50. Uh, let's see. In Dayton, I'm sure Dayton won tonight. I'm sure Dayton pasted whoever. One second, I'll tell you. I had I had him up, and then I had to look at the I, – I, I went to the wrong standings there. I'm sure Dayton won tonight easy. Or actually, no, Dayton did not play tonight. What am I talking about? Anyway, by the way, uh, early in that game at St. Louis, it's 18-14 to 14 St. Louis over Dayton. So, you know, we'll be quad one win watch. Ken Palm, look at the Ken Palm numbers, notes, and all that other stuff. That's tomorrow, Thursday. For, for in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, which, by the way, we just had our five-year anniversary. Happy anniversary, everybody in this group that has helped kept it, kept it popping and kept it fun for five years. Thank you all very much. It wouldn't be a great group without you. So thank you. Uh, so join the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. If you like what you hear, shoot us some dinero. There's a PayPal link in the description on Podbean and the various other uh, pods out there uh, 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 and other podcast platforms that we're on. So, you know, shoot us some dinero. We really appreciate it when you do. I want to thank everybody 
in the game thread for the great comments, in the video for the great comments, as always, you add to the podcast. Uh, thank you, Zeb Jackson, for making that shot and making that two hours of misery worth it. Because my God, that was that was that was pulling teeth without the anesthetic. Watching that, and then for him to hit that shot, which you know, you always talk about the buzzer beater game, Bruce Stevenson. Well, the buzzer beater game went our way finally. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. So thank you, Zeb Jackson and Brandon Johns and everybody that that mucked in and fought and scratched and clawed this team to get freaking 13 down and come back and pull this win out. Hallelujah. So thank you all very much for listening. Thank you out in podcast land for listening. Uh, more Will in the Creek Don't Lie. Saturday I'll be talking to you live after hopefully a win over Fordham that will really take us a huge step towards that number one CBA 10 tournament. Have a good night, everybody. Talk to you all later. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.